can we get excited, even exhilarated about the been there, done that in life? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We are up to the Torah portion of Baha'aloscha, and within this packed Parsha, we have the description of Aaron, Aaron the high priest, lighting the menorah, initiating the lighting of the menorah that was lit every evening in the temple, in the Mishkan, and then subsequently in the temple, in the base of Mikdash. Aaron, of course, only in the temporary Mishkan in the desert, but a, proje- a process that he starts at the induction of the temple, and that can continues on until the end of his life, about uh, probably about 38 and a half years later. And in describing the excellence of Aaron in this endeavor, the text describes that he did as Hashem commanded, which Rashi explains to mean, Shiloshina, it sings his praise, that he did not deviate. And the question is asked by many, Aaron Aaron, the high priest, did not deviate? Like, duh, as they would say, of course. What would, what would we suspect? The Torah has to highlight the fact, has to make a element of praise and success that Aaron did not deviate from that which Hashem had commanded. God tells Aaron, who is selected to be the high priest because of his great spiritual caliber. God gives a very particular instruction, and Aaron listens to the instructions. He didn't modify. He didn't switch the direction, lighting from the wrong side of the menorah. He didn't put in the wrong type of fuel. Let's use a little kerosene instead of olive oil. He, Of course, he did what God asked him to do. What is the big deal? Why is this noteworthy? Why is it praiseworthy that Aaron followed the instructions? And several suggestions are made by the commentators. I would like to address two today. One, Shaloshina, some of the commentaries understand the praise is that Aaron did not change. Not that he didn't modify some external practice or behavior. He did not personally change. Aaron was the same Aaron after lighting as he was before. Now, what's the big deal about that? Well, let's try to put ourselves in his place to get a better sense of this. So you have been selected to play the role to be providing a task, uh, operating to accomplish an endeavor that is serving your community in a very, very important way. Actually, not just serving your community, it's serving the entire city in a very significant way. And you are the only one who has been assigned this task. You are you're basically being told that you are the only one who is capable of doing this important task on behalf of your entire community, your entire city. And in a certain sense, you are the one who's doing this task that's necessary for the entirety of mankind. And you know that everybody else recognizes that you are the one assigned with this task. And you are the only one who has the capacity to do this task. How does it feel walking in to do that lighting of that menorah, to realize I have been selected out of the crowd to be the one to provide the religious effects of this, the ritual effects of this, the spiritual effects of this, the mystical effects of this lighting of the menorah. And in fact, you are also the first one to ever do this lighting of the menorah. 
And then once you do so, it is going to be your exclusive right on a regular basis. You're walking in, you're lighting that menorah. Does that feel really good? Knowing that everybody outside is recognizing that you are the man. You are that one excellent individual who is tasked with this special spiritual task. And they are all cheering you on now, actually. They're not outside literally cheering you on, but that's actually the great paradox over here. They can't be here with you to cheer you on. They can't be present in this environment. They have to be outside anxiously awaiting, oh, he's going in to do this task on behalf of all of us. And you know that they know that that's what's going on in here and that they recognize your unique caliber. Very, very easy to imagine that the humble individual anticipating this opportunity, anticipating this very significant, important role could easily walk out of that environment no longer feeling quite so humble. There could be at least a degree of inflation of the ego, at least a degree of those shoulders pushing back up and high and feeling, ah, I really am the one. It is all dependent upon me. I am so special. But, Loshina, Aaron did not change. There wasn't an iota in the change, an iota in the shift from the humble Aaron who had been assigned this task, from the loyal, devoted Aaron who was assigned this task, from this most spiritual individual, the most righteous of individuals who was assigned the task because of all of those incredible character traits, none of that had changed with his activating, with actualizing the lighting of the menorah. And that is quite noteworthy and quite praiseworthy. That there's no measurable change even from God's perspective in Aaron. No internal change. That is quite striking. That is one approach in understanding the Loshina and something for us to take to heart. We are unfortunately not being assigned the task of lighting the menorah in the temple, at least on a regular basis, but there are times that we are called upon to play a unique role in our work settings, in our community settings, social settings, and our name ends up at the top of the letterhead. Uh, we end up the star of, of the video about this event. We end up the one who is uh, playing the role of standing there in front of the crowd to encourage the others on, and we realize we are the center of attention, and appropriately so. But do we allow it to modify our internal sense of who we are? Or can we value the fact that, yes, I have the talents and I have the capacity and I have the nature and I have the various combination of variables that went into making me the appropriate candidate for this task. But I don't in any way have that, have me start becoming haughty and condescending to others and out of sync with my true relationship with Hashem and the humility that that requires. That would be lesson number one from Aaron not changing. And on to lesson number two, which I would argue probably fits more tightly into the wording of Rashi that the not changing more simplistically is that he did not change something about the lighting. And the second approach, which I believe this Fasemes, one of the great uh, Hasidic leaders of the Gerer dynasty, is of those who address this approach, is that Aaron not changing 
is that he did not change the lighting of the menorah, but of course he didn't change any of the rules, regulations, details, uh, even uh, even anything that was in any way understood to be the appropriate um, sub-details of how to light it. Of course he did it exactly as he was directed initially, but the not changing is that the lighting of night number two was no different than the lighting of night number one. The same enthusiasm, the same regard for the regulations, the same focus on details, the same loyalty to precision that applied in night number one, applied in night number two, and in night number three, and in night number four. And night number five, there was no feeling of been there, done that, and night number 25, and night number 55, and 105, and 1,005. Aaron's lighting of night number one, everything that went into that, the passion, the energy, the emotion, the dedication, the precision, that's what you saw in Aaron on night number 100 and 1,000. And that, we have to realize, is quite a big deal. Because let's get a perspective of how night number one looked. What did it feel like to be letting that first time? Well, as we talked before, do you realize that you've been chosen to play this task from among all of Israel? How important this is, how important you are in doing this, and how critical that you get this right, and that reverence and that awe of being in this zone for the first time ever. Not just the first time for me ever, the first time for any high priest ever, the first time for any priest ever to play the roles of serving God in this holy environment. You are number one, and you are assigned with this task, and you're going in with that sense of recognition, probably combination of dread and elation, passion and determination for precision that's going to go into that initial lighting that's going to start this process on this very super day. It's on the first day of that month of Nisan that is a day that's deemed by the sages is crowned with multiple elements that are all clicking into place where, where we are initiating the temple and inducting the, the priests and starting so many processes, including this lighting of this menorah. And all of that incredible fervor is there again on night number two and 202 and 502, etc., etc., etc. That not changing. And coming to the situation which would so easily have started to feel rather routine. That's a huge deal. Uh, it's interesting that just actually today um, took notice of the fact that the, the Drashos Haran, Rabbeinu Nisim, very early, very significant commentator, he describes God's kindness and his terminology is that the kindness is constant, but due to its being constant, we lose sight of just how big a deal it is. And if you think about the different situations in life that we appreciated, this was so wonderful, but we lose sight after that wonderful becomes routine. Those of you who have merited having a child, how incredibly wonderful that feeling was that first time you held a child. Well, how about the 21st time and the 201st time? And yes, some of those may have been in the middle of the night when times weren't so convenient, you probably weren't scheduled necessarily to have that baby birth at exactly what time fit your personal social calendar the best. But when that arrives, wow. So how about feeling the wow when we are able to look at a child who is no longer just one hour old, but maybe 
one year, one decade, several decades, and God gave that gift, and I'm still able to have that gift of a child who's 10 years old, 50 years old, and we appreciate that. We appreciate relationships. If you have a spouse with whom you, wow, it was so exciting when we got engaged, and wow, the excitement of marriage. Well, if God allowed you that gift of that marriage on day one, and you still have that marriage on year 10, or year 25, or 50, or more, can we value the gift that was given? And again, human nature tends to be such that we been there, done that routine, no longer feel special, right? That car is no longer the brand new car. That food that, oh, I got used to having that for dinner, even though it was a first time, it was very special. And the opportunity, whatever those opportunities, the material goods, the social connectivities, that new job that was the dream job, well, can we appreciate that we still have those opportunities? And Aaron teaches us human nature. Aaron was also human and he overcame that nature. And can we train ourselves to recognize that if we have an opportunity, we have a privilege, and we are able to have that opportunity and that privilege a second time, and a 22nd time, and a 102nd time, is it still an opportunity and a privilege? Is it perhaps a greater opportunity and a privilege that we still are able to ex maintain whatever this great pleasure, task, social connectivity, whatever that is, that gift, can we recognize that there's a greater value? The value should be accruing in the fact that we're able to have this beyond that initial exciting experience. If we take these two messages to heart, this idea that Loshina is no internal change in terms of letting it get to my head and making me start becoming so an ego elevated over others and condescending to the others when in fact we are tasked with positions and honors that distinguish us from the crowd, but rather appreciate, hey, if that came my way and I have this opportunity, can I value the fact that, hey, God, you gave me this opportunity. I feel more humbled in front of you that I'm able to play this role. And as the parallel into our second approach, the Loshina, because we value the fact that you gave me this great gift, can I learn to appreciate and value the fact that I have the gift when it no longer naturally feels as exciting and learn to be excited and exuberant about the fact that I still have that, which I can even take it for granted. And the capacity I can have to take it for granted indicates that I've had the gift that much longer. To both of those, having that attitude that I'm going to be able to do those things that are special and not allow it to me start becoming all inflated and and then anyway, looking down at others, but rather continue to grow with the opportunities that come my way and have those great gifts in life and continue to appreciate them and continue to appreciate that there's all the more to appreciate should hopefully serve us well and allow us to be like our own to at least whatever slight degree as possible and it, using these as opportunities for personal growth, personal excellence, and recognition of the good that comes our way and that God has bestowed upon us. And in so doing, we'll be destined to be the type of people who are far more likely to achieve the Aratakos.